Let's appreciate Pastor Doc. Such refreshing service leading. The book of Hebrews chapter 11. Let me give a disclaimer here. This Bible on the pulpit is my Bible. Pastor Doc didn't come with his Bible. He decided to grab mine without any church etiquette. Have you ever seen those people in church who it's time to pray, then they just grab your Bible and shamelessly begin to open? Some of us put very private prayer points. The book of Hebrews on our Bibles. Don't touch my Bible again. The book of Hebrews chapter 11. I would have us read from verse 23 all through to verse 34. The book of Hebrews chapter 11, we will read from verse 23. I'll request us to rise in honor of God's word. Always a pleasure to see you in church. Are you happy to be in church? Sunday for us is such an important day. The preparations begin at midnight. Your pastors are up 1 a.m. Today I overslept. I woke up at only 3 a.m. And we, and we pray for you. Worship team is here by 7 a.m. Just to make sure that we honor God in ministering to you faithfully. Because your life must change. Amen. And so we... We'd like to invite you to come to church at 10 a.m. Amen. Ask your neighbor, what time did you come to church? Your pastors were up at 4 a.m. to pray for you. Others were up at 1 a.m. Uh, honor God as well and come to church at what time? 10 a.m. Service starts at 10 a.m. Let's go. By faith, Moses. Come on, somebody lead, read, read, read. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the competence of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endureth, as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest should touch them. Which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. Perish not with them that believe not. Who through faith subdue kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to fight the enemies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yeah, moreover of bones and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, they were tempted, slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Let's go back to verse 33, please. Let's go back to verse 33. Verse 33, Victor and Decay, 3, 3. 
33 going once <laughs> aha it seems this screen has its own faith as well eh Man, the people of the screen have a lot of power. Can you imagine all of us are here standing at your masses, Victor? We are sorry. Please. Uh, we, we, that is 33. Huh? Where is the three? My goodness. We need the three there at least. Through faith, we understand. No way. This is verse three. It seems you don't know your Bible. Talk about 33. If somebody said this was verse three, I need you to come to Sunday school, eh? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11 verse if you don't know that one who through faith subdued kingdoms read slowly who through faith subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness obtained promises stopped the mouths of lions three words here who through faith did what subdued subdued there's no heaven participation there again it is not God that did it. It is the men of faith that did What did they do? They subdued kingdoms. They didn't pray about kingdoms. They didn't pray for kingdoms. Are you seeing that? They didn't request God. They subdued what? Kingdoms. What else did they do? Wrought righteousness. Look at this. They obtained promises. Now, obtaining is a process of endurance, consistency, and diligence at what you're doing. For example, when you go to university first year, after four years of going to the university, you obtain a degree. You do what? You obtain a degree. So the promises were there, but they had to be obtained. How? By faith. Next, they stopped the mouths of lions. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the next verse. Quenched the violence of fire. Was the fire stopped? Come on, church. Was the fire stopped? Do we have a church in this place? Was the fire stopped? If you're not sure of the answer, the answer is no. Was the fire stopped? What was stopped? The violence of it. Praise the Lord. And sometimes faith is going through a situation that is not changing. But coming out victorious. That the victory of God was not that the fire was stopped. That the victory of God was that the violence of the fire was done what? What, did, what else did they do? They escaped the edge of the sword. Now you know from basic English that you can't escape the edge of a sword that is in the store. It means then that the enemy did not only fashion the weapon, but he also deployed the weapon. My goodness. The weapon was deployed. But the man of faith escaped the edge of the sword. The man of faith was not made to escape. Are you seeing this? The man of faith was not delivered from the edge of the sword. The man of faith escaped the edge of the sword. That means he went to battle. He was ready to fight. The enemy came in. The enemy took the sword. The sword was ready to cut off his head, but he escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made what? Out of weakness were made what? Strong. They worked valiant in fight. God didn't deliver them from the fight. God didn't deliver them from, my, my brother just preached here about the storm. God didn't deliver them from the storm. The storm came, but they were in the storm with God to flight the armies. Praise the Lord. It is one thing to say that tomorrow don't go to the battle because the battle belongs to the Lord. But it is another one to say they put to flight. It means they were pursuing. Praise the Lord. Sit on your enemies. Amen. Sit on your enemies like you believe it. The book of Hebrews is particularly important because in it, we see the resources that have been put available for the man who is born again. It comes from a Greek word that means to pass over. And when we get born again, there is a, an exchange of territory. There is, a, there is a change in positioning. 
that before we were under the power of darkness and we were under the power of death. But by faith we are transitioned into a new reality. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, And hath delivered us by his power out of the power of darkness and he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood. So there is a translation and there is a, there is a movement. There is a movement of the man that gets born again. That man has moved from the kingdom. That man he is no longer under the power or under the principle or under the influence of darkness, but he has been translated into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood. There is a movement. But the second thing is that the man that is born again has also received a movement of Abrahamic blessing. And this is why this book is particularly important because in the book of Hebrews we begin to see what Paul said in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. And he said that we have been freed from the curse of the law. For it is written, cursed is the man that hangeth on the tree, that the promise of Abraham may come unto us Gentiles who believe by faith. So there is a passing over and in our walk with God, we have to be clear that God has not only changed our position, but also he has changed our inheritance. We have moved from the wages of sin is death to receiving the promise of Abraham. The book of Hebrews is loaded with principle and with, and with practice and with doctrine and with promise and with revelation because God is careful enough to demonstrate to us that the walk of faith is a walk of victory. And today I'm looking at the subject, working your faith. And there's a subtitle because if you're a TBN preacher, you have to have a subtitle. So the main title is working your faith or how to make your faith work. And the subtitle is keys to victory. Keys to victory. Now as just a place... To begin, I want us to look at the book of Romans. I'll read to us a couple of passages. The book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 17. And we're looking at how to make your faith work. Now, Paul said, now faith cometh by hearing, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, and hearing by the word of God. And that's important because sometimes we are looking for a sign. We, we are saying, God, you know, how do I know that this guy in my DM is the one. Show me a sign, oh God. Show me, show me something. How do I know that the, this is the business that I should do? Show me a sign. Oh God, if he comes in a red t-shirt, I will know for sure that this is the one that you have, this is the one that you have kept for me. This is my boss finally. If he, if he can sing, oh God, if he can lead worship, if he leads worship in the revival meeting, I will know for sure. And everybody is looking for a sign, but the challenge is that God's will is in his word. Instead of looking for a sign, you should be looking for a verse. My goodness. Instead of looking for a prophecy, you should be looking, somebody said, if I could just find a prophet to prophesy to me right now. I need some oil to touch my forehead. Oh, God, you give me a generous forehead. I require some oil now because there is a difficulty in perceiving your direction. Oh, God, anointing oil now. No prophet is coming. Find yourself a verse. And this Sunday I came with verses for you. Amen. 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 So he says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I want to look at a couple of passages of scriptures here, which I'll read for you. And the aim of it is to demonstrate how does faith work? How do you put your faith to work now? For the sake of clarity, we're not talking about when you're filling an invitation form or an or a, or a interview form and then they ask you faith. You know, and then there are checkboxes, Hindu or Jude, uh, Jude, 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 Judist or, you know, Buddhist or... Mo whichever religion, we're not talking about the religions of the world. No, we are talking about the mountain moving faith that is found in belief 
in our Lord Jesus Christ. The faith that causes men to obtain promises. The faith that causes men to quench the violence of fire. The faith that caused women to receive their dead children back to life. That is the kind of faith that we are examining today. And the objective of this class is to demonstrate how does faith work or how do I make my faith to work. Look at Romans chapter 1 verse 17. Scripture said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God and to salvation to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Then he says, the just shall live by faith. Say that with me. The just shall live by faith. The just is the man who has received redemption through God's grace and through God's mercy and has been made righteous. That man who transitioned from the power of darkness into the power of light. That man who has received the Abrahamic promise. That is the just man. Now Paul says here that the just shall live by faith. That means that the instrument of his living will be faith. That he lives by faith. He does not live by economics. He does not live by inheritance. He does not live by reputation. He does not live by qualification. He does not live by networks. His life, the substratum of his life, the center of his life is belief in God. That the just shall live by faith. It means then, anytime I don't have faith in God, or anytime I am not walking in faith, then I am devoid of the life and promise of God in my life. He says that faith is so important that we live by it. Say differently, faith is the lifeblood of the new creation life. That faith is the lifeblood. It is like the fuel of the engine. That it's a V8 engine ready to go, but that engine is deficient except it be fueled with fuel from Shell petrol station. You know, some of us fuel in petrol stations called OPEX. You know, and very strange names. Please focus on Shell, Total, and so on. So, except the fuel of faith is in your life, there is deficiency in that life. So, the faith becomes so important that he says the just shall live by faith. I want to read for you another scripture. Just turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. That's on your right side of the Bible. I know you're not turning. It's very easy nowadays. You know, in our time, yes, in our time, we used to know how spiritual you are, but how far, by how fast you could get to the books. So Ephesians is on the right of the book of Romans. And when you come to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, Scripture says that for by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. That one, the just man shall live by faith. But two, for that man to be born again, he is born again by grace. That is God's unmerited favor. You can't buy it. You can't qualify for it. You can't pray for it. You can't fast for it. They can't anoint you into it. But he says, by grace you are saved through faith. That faith is the midwife of salvation. That faith is the midwife of salvation. That for us to be born again, our life began by belief in God. Faith is so important. So if it is so important, if it is this important, then we must, of course, and of necessity, learn how it works. Because there's faith that works and there's faith that does not work. Because faith is seen in what? Results. Faith is so important. And for us to have Christian results, for us to have Bible results in our lives, we must begin to discover the power of practical faith in our lives. That faith is not a lofty force where I cannot put my mind to it and I can't grasp it with my hands. But faith is belief in God and the result of that belief in God can be seen. He says that by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God. That salvation is midwifed by faith. If it is so important, 
then we must understand how it works. We must understand. Continue going to the right side. 1, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Is it, verse two, is it verse 31? Scripture says that for the... It says fight, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. So there's a fight that we must fight. But that fight is not your landlord. I bind you, landlord, in the name of Jesus. That fight is not fighting your spouse. The spouse is not the problem. That fight is not fighting the government. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Believe it or not, we are not to fight the devil. I know I've, I've offended prayer warriors. I've just, I've just re re relegated your job. You know, somebody said, man, I'm having so much struggles. I need me somebody to pray for me. I need to fight Satan. The devil is a liar. Fight the good fight of faith. That there is a fight. But that fight is not to fight Satan. That fight is not to fight your boss. That fight is not to fight the government. That fight is not to fight the system. Because all those are inconsequential to the man that walks in faith. Consequently, we are called not to be passive or lackadaisical or nonchalant or indifferent, but to fight. But that fight is a fight of faith. That's the fight you must fight. The fight of faith. Not to fight Satan. Now, this is important. I, I need to spend time here because, because the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by? Come on, church. The just shall live by? Salvation is by? Say with me. Salvation is by? We are to fight the good fight of? Are you seeing that? That is the battle. If there's a fight that you want to fight, because you're a fighter, fight the good fight of faith. We are not to fight demons. We are not to fight the devil. We are not to fight Satan. There are three things, tell your neighbor, three things that you should do with Satan. Because I must tell you what to do with Satan. Number one, he said in James chapter 4 verse 7, resist. That is again on the right side. Just keep going. On the right side, James chapter 4 verse 7, he says, resist the devil and he will resist the devil and he will flee. So the devil is not to be fought. The devil is not to be, is not to be fought physically at least. But the devil is to be resisted. God has called us to resist the devil and he will flee. At the slight sense of resistance, the enemy must flee. And that is why you got to have a backbone. You got to have a backbone. Somebody said you wake up in the morning, you're jarving, and then somebody, you know, a guy came in, Ametoka Shere, you, you're going to work. They, are some, they somehow have evidence on them, and there's this pungent smell coming, and your day is spoiled. You're completely mad and angry because now in the matatu already, the, somebody says the good, the good day is known by how it starts in the beginning. And there's this guy. Have you ever sat in a madadu with these guys who feel they know you and they want to put their elbow on your shoulder and they want to talk to you? You know, sometimes you just want to take uh, earphones and put on your ears and pretend you're listening to something very loud. And you start doing like this so that they leave you alone. Resist the devil and flee. The second thing he says that we should do with the devil is in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, he says. He says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. So the devil is not for fighting. Somebody say, I'm in a battle of my life. No, 1,000 times no. The devil is for casting out. Where we perceive him, one, we resist him, but two, we cast him out. That is what the Bible has called us to do. Not to fight the devil. Look at your neighbor, tell them, stop fighting the devil. Stop, please. Please stop fighting the devil. You are fighting the wrong fight. It's either you are resisting him. Wasaga, what do you do? You resist him. Or you cast him out. Then number three, he says in Luke chapter 10, is it verse 17? He says, behold, I give unto thee power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm thee. He's saying, what I want you to do with the devil, step on his head. My, my. Do what? 
step on his head. You can go to your house and say, oh God, thank you because of Luke chapter 10 verse 17. I am now stepping on the head of the serpent. Devil, get out of my house because we have been called. You see, the word of God is backing you up. He says, I don't want you to step on the devil, but I also want you to step over all his power. One author said that the power of the devil is expressed in his demons. He's saying, I not only want you to step at the head of the serpent, but I want you also to step at his messengers. Because theologically, the devil is geographically challenged. He is not omnipresent. He will therefore send fiery darts. God is saying, deal with the serpent when he shows his ugly head by stepping on it. But also, I'm giving you another power to deal with the darts of the enemy as well. So the just man shall live by what? Shall live by faith. The second thing, we are born again by what? Come on, talk to me, church. We are born again by what? Number three, we are to fight the good fight of what? Now say it like you believe it. You are to fight the good fight of what? Hallelujah. Now faith is so important because it determines the outcome of our lives. Nothing just happens by itself. Things are made to happen. We began by Hebrews chapter 11 verse 33, he says. They obtained promises. And sometimes in life you will reach a place where you're asking. You're saying, God, I've prayed. You have shown it to me. You have released it. But why is it not manifesting? He said they obtained it by faith. And Hebrews chapter 4 talks about that that word that was spoken unto them, which was spoken unto us, did not profit them. Why? Because it was not mixed by faith. That God will release his word, but you must release your faith. God will release his promises, but you must release your faith. And the challenge of life sometimes is we believe God for something and it doesn't come to pass. And we throw, we throw up our hands, we throw in the towel, we give up and become passive. The devil is a liar. No, God is saying that you can cause promises to come to pass by obtaining it. Staying the course. Obtaining is coming on Monday and giving CVs and nothing happens. And coming on Tuesday again, as if Monday did not exist. Am I speaking to somebody? And coming on Wednesday, without reference to the past and saying, you know, I came to KBC before. No, 1,000 times, no. You can come to KBC 1,000 times. Have you read Luke chapter 18? Scripture says that this woman would come for judgment and say, King, give me my judgment. And there was no judgment. And she would come back again, give me my judgment, and there was no judgment. Then scripture says, I will answer her prayer because of her, KJV uses the word importunity. It says, you have worn me down. Don't play with faith. Faith never asks once. Faith asks a hundred thousand times. That is why if you give me your email, one to you. I'll get business from you, trust me. And that is not dependent on you, it is dependent on me in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you have never received company profiles before, if you've never received quotations, you'll just be saying, we need a painter, I already sent 10 quotations. Don't play with faith. Faith does not ask once. Faith is not changed by the nature of the answer. Praise the Lord. Come on somebody, praise the Lord. The answer is irrelevant when it comes to the things of faith. Why? Because if your faith died the day there was a no, then you died with it. Because the just man shall live by. So here's the salient principle number four. First John chapter five, verse four, he says, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even so our faith. Where is the victory? Where is the victory? Come on, somebody, where is the victory? He says, even so, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even so, our faith. I thank God for prayer. This is a praying church. If we logged for you the number of hours we are praying with you and for you, it is many hours. We are proud of it. Hallelujah. Oh yes, we are completely proud of how many hours we pray. But there is no victory in prayer. I know you heard me. I thank God for the move. But victory is not by worship. You won't just come and lift up your hands lazily and go home and the situation change. No. He says, and this is the victory. What is the victory? This is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Now, in the game, my brothers will tell you I'm completely competitive. And everywhere we go, I want to win. I'm not playing to become number two. 1,000 times, no. 
Who came to who came to the Olympics to become number two? You know, I said, I just like to go to Japan. I want to see the culture. Somebody said, you know, last the last Olympic, there's a Kenyan who went to <laughs> who went to Japan. Thank God for Kenyans. And they say they looked for him and they could not find him. So the man took this step and, and went to enjoy Japanese cuisine. Huh? If, it, if that is not tragedy, I don't know what tragedy is. Are you playing this game of life to win or are you passive? Are you indifferent? Are you waiting for things to happen to you? God is saying there's a way to be in charge. Hallelujah. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even so, our faith. That it is faith that gives us the ascendancy. Now, if faith is this important, isn't it, doesn't it make sense, therefore, to study how it works? Faith is so important that it makes a heavy subject. It's a subject that we must hear over and over again because it determines the victory. One author said that the level of victory you're walking in your life is dependent on the level of faith you're expressing. Why? Because of Ecclesiastes chapter 11. It says the, the works of God, the works of God, they are perfect and forever. God is not working. And remember the blind man, Jesus said, this has been done, that the works of God may be revealed unto you. Meaning, by faith, the works of God manifested. So he was seeing the whole time. But there was a blindness on his flesh. And when he believed, this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even so, our faith. If you're playing to win, you must learn to live by faith. He says the just man shall live by what will the just man do? The just man shall live by faith. Number two, we are born again by what? Come on church, we are born again by what? I will stay here. This is a Bible class. In fact, I will take my time. Trust me. You will not frustrate me by not talking. I will keep talking. The just shall live by what? I can't hear you, Mjambili. The just shall live by what? <laughs> we are born again by what? This class, let me tell you, if there is a class that is going to change your life, it is this one. The just shall live by what? We are born again by what? We are to fight the good fight of what? Where is the victory? The victory is not in getting a second degree. Somebody said, you know, if I could just get a second degree, things will be a bit different. Trust me, if you added education on crocodile, crocodile is crocodile. But crocodile must use its tail sometimes. And crocodile must use its teeth to bite something. When the crocodile is hunting, the issue is not the qualification of the crocodile. It is how well the crocodile can use its teeth to bite the prey. And you have refused to stretch out and obtain the promises of God because it looked like you're retrogressing. It looked like, it looked like God is not answering because when you prayed, you are still thrown into the fiery furnace. That you are with Jesus. And he said, let's go to the other side. But the storm still came. Thank you, Jesus, forever. That you are the deep state of Jesus. But Lazarus still died. And Jesus says, Lazarus is dead and I am glad. I thought that deep state, guys, these things for commoners don't affect us. That you are serving in this pulpit that is so magnificent. But as soon as I step out of this pulpit, it is challenge after challenge. God said, this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even so, our faith. Faith is the victory. Number five, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. He says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because them that come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if you're going to come to him, there is a requirement that you come by faith. And the object of our faith is not Christian principles. The object of our faith is not Christian prophecy. The object of our faith is not biblical predictions. The object of our faith is a person. And our faith allows us the privilege to interact with our Lord Jesus Christ. So faith is really walking in step with God. 
It is believing in the power of God and enforcing the victory of God in your life. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. And if you read in context, him here is God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And the responsibility of faith is that we can receive the reward if we are diligent in our pursuit. That God is not sought anyhowly. This is very important. That the disciple of Jesus Christ has understood that we are dealing with the God who pulled the universe out of nothing. We are dealing with the God who breathed into clay and clay became a living soul. We are dealing with the God who can cause even a woman who is completely in menopause to give birth. We are dealing with a God who can compel a virgin to give birth. We are dealing with a God who can resurrect a dead man who is rotting in the flesh. We are dealing with a God who knows no impossibility. And because of that, we are drawn to a diligent pursuit. You cannot talk about diligence without talking about consistency. You cannot talk about diligence without talking about sacrifice. You cannot talk about diligence. There is no diligent pursuit if there is no sacrifice. And most times in our lives, a worship that comes from a life that focuses on convenience is deficient of God's presence. Because it fails to recognize whom we are dealing with. Have you ever prayed and asked God to do something for you which you will not do for God? Let me come down now. Yes, 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 I know you heard me. That you prayed and asked God to bless something that you yourself are not committed in. And you find ourselves at some point where you're beginning to play games in the spirit. Because you lift up your hands and ask God to increase a career that you don't take seriously. And you'll ask God to bless a gift that you're not sharpening. And you will ask God to come through to a marriage that you're not committed to. He says he's a rewarder of them that diligently. How do they do it? Diligently seek him. Now one author said, for he that cometh to God. And he said, you don't have to come to him, by the way. You can decide to go to your bank account also. It's an option. You can decide to go to your abilities. It's a way of getting stuff done. You can decide to go to your networks. You can decide to go to your strength. You can decide to go to your uncle. But those of us that have realized the limitation of flesh come to him. But he says now that if you're going to come, you must come in faith. You must come in faith. A prayer. Now, if you look at the intensity of your prayer life, it shows you your belief in God or lack of it. So as your pastors will pray for you completely. You know, one pastor said, I will not pray for you when you are sleeping, not us. We will pray for you even when you are sleeping. No problem. God called us for this one, to pray for you. But when you, when you open up your mouth to pray, the intensity of that prayer reflects your belief in God. Anytime you feel the intensity of prayer is reduced, check your belief. How you talk to Kimani Wakuku and how you talk to Mike Joseph is different. Why? Balance sheet size. But like this Kimani Wakuku, I can buy all this chicken, you go home, stupid, stupid chicken man. I repent for stupid chicken man. But when you go to Mike Joseph, you position yourself well because I might just come out of this place with a new job. So your communication reveals the value you've placed on the person you're communicating to. And Pastor Doc will say, lift up your voice. I want to hear you praying. And you're like, man, TikTok videos. Ay, 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 ay. He's the reward of who? Of those that diligently. Let me digress a little bit. Now, if you fly a bit, one of the worst airports to be is Amsterdam, especially for Africans, because by the time you're landing in Amsterdam, there's, there's a clock switch, yeah? And if you have an analog clock, 
or you have an iPhone phone, what will happen is that now you have reached Amsterdam, but the time does not switch. So most of us, you, many people will be in Amsterdam because you're on your en route to maybe you're going to Moscow, you're going to New York, you're going, to, you're going somewhere. So you're passing by Amsterdam, and now you want to do what we call a connecting flight. And the challenge of Amsterdam is such a huge thing that the, there's even a there's an electric train within the airport. So if that's how big the airport is. And now you will reach and you'll check your time and you'll be like, okay, it's 10 a.m. now and my next flight is midday. Okay, fine. So I have some time. Let me relax a bit because I will now get to the checkpoint. Maybe one hour to time, you begin walking to the, to the gate so that you can board your flight. But the challenge is, one, remember, if you didn't adjust your time, you're already on the wrong time. So it could be that the connecting flight is midday, but it's actually 11 a.m. Your watch is saying 10 a.m. And this thing happened to me once. So you begin to walk to the, you start walking to the gate. And as you get to the gate, what happens is you see their gate closed. And you say, guys, I'm on this flight. And you even have good reason. You know, you say, but man, I look at my clock and it's, I actually have still one more hour. But the gate is closed. Right? And then the, to, to, to make it worse, what happens is it's all glass. It's glass everywhere. So you can see the runway and you can see your plane. That is the worst feeling in the whole world. It's like you lost a girlfriend and then when you're going now to eat that last supper because now you're completely fed up, you want to go home, you find them there with their new... <laughs> with their new... Huh? And then the challenge it gets worse. The new guy has shoulders. Yo... They're like the end of gym. <laughs> we don't mind so much if there's a downgrade. But now, and it gets worse. It gets worse because there's some restaurants with VIP and then there's the common herdsman, right? So you go there, you're on the common herdsman and then on the VIP side, you see who you used to call, my goodness. You're like, there's a, the devil is in this place. <laughs> you're like, Satan, you're here. So the plane is right on the, on the runway, but you can't access it. And you cry and say, guys, I'm on that flight. And the plane is moving. Why? Because he that will enter this flight must come one hour to time. It has nothing to do with the character of the plane, no. He that comes to this flight must come one hour to time. If you are going to be on that flight, you have to come one hour to Everything in the airport is working to ensure that one hour after, after it's more than one hour, the gates, the gates closed. Air hostess, stewardess, stewards, they're closing, the, they're closing the door of the plane. Security is informed anybody who's coming past that time, that's a terrorist. Because he that must enter that plane must come by, by one hour to time. He that come to God must believe that he is. Check your faith. How is your faith health? Do you believe God? One day we went, we went to a crusade with my brothers in, 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 in Tanzania. And Pastor Julie was there as well. And he said, oh, this was Moshi. And a guy came there with a shriveled hand. And my brother that day was preaching a message. <laughs> yes, and he opened his sermon by saying, When you went to Apoa, Mekandamizu and Shetani. And this, the more he's preaching, this guy is right on the pulpit. As if the devil is saying, show us this thing you're preaching about. And my brother took his mujalu hand and put it on the head. That's called faith. And began praying vehemently. I said, please, use the power of words, not the power of your hand. <laughs> My goodness. I preached until he stood up. Yo. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. Have you ever gone with these people to a crusade and now you're praying and their demeanor already reveals that they don't believe anything will happen? He says, why are you praying? I've been praying for this thing now. I've been praying. I've fasted. They say this kind does not go by prayer, but I've done all those things, but nothing is happening. And you lift up your hands to pray, but you can feel the force of unbelief pulling it down. Them that come to him must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He says, but without faith, it is what? Impossible. Meaning, you can pray 50 hours, but no faith, forget it. 
You can sing very well. No faith? Forget it. You can come here and throw an offering. And boy, we need an offering, man. You can come here and throw an offering. But without faith, you wasted your cash. That money that was not given from a place of belief was a waste of time. Check your faith. Now, if faith is this important, then we must study how it works. Do you agree? We must look at how then do we make our faith work. How do we make our faith work? How do we command results every time? How do we walk by faith? Faith is so powerful. Faith is so important. I remember one day we were checking, we were checking out, and even this tent, this is a work of faith. We are looking at tents and asking God, God, where will the resource come from? God says, choose the tent, the resource will come. And that there is a taking of steps without regarding the present day reality and challenge. Victory is on the other side of faith. Life is on the other side of faith. The salvation experience is on the other side of faith. The breakthrough that you are praying for, reduce the prayer, increase the faith, and enter into your breakthrough. The just shall live by. Salvation is by. We are to fight the good fight of. What is the victory? He that comes to God must do what? Must believe. Five salient reasons why your faith must work and why we must examine the subject of faith and why faith is so important. I want us to pray because time is up and we will continue next Sunday. But as we take time to pray today, I want us to make a prayer that was made in the Bible. That, oh God, help our unbelief. And sometimes you will say, Father, I'm, I'm in a difficult place because I'm just but a divorcee. I'm in a difficult place because I have tried and tried again. But I just don't seem to get pregnant. I just don't seem to get the fruit of the womb. I've tried and tried again, God. I'm, I don't seem to get the breakthrough. I've started businesses and they are not working. God, you know, even you, you know, that I've, I've shed tears, I've spent nights crying, I've asked for prayers and called for help, but nothing is happening. Could it be that God is challenging you to increase your faith in him, to believe him despite of the fire, that even when the fire is raging violent in your life, that God, through faith, can quench the violence of the fire. And that when death grabs your child, God, by faith, can cause you to receive back your dead. And that thing that you call dead in your life can be resurrected by belief in God. We have a God who has no bounds. Nothing is impossible by him. He says, if you'd have faith as small as of a mustard seed, thou shalt say to this mountain, remove yourself, cast yourself to the ocean. And the image is so graphic to push our minds to see the power of God if only we could believe him. Are you worshipping a God who you don't believe? Are you worshipping a God who you don't trust? Are you worshipping a God religiously because it's all you know? God is calling you today to a place of becoming a man of faith. And I want us to make one prayer. Let's rise up. One prayer, one prayer, one prayer, and one prayer only. That God help our unbelief. Help our unbelief. Help our unbelief, Jesus. Help our unbelief in the name of Jesus. Not give us faith because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We are not, to pray, we are not praying God give us faith. No. God, help our unbelief. Help our unbelief. Cause us to see you clearly. Now lift up your voice like you believe it and just say, oh God, help our unbelief in the name of Jesus. Jesus, help our unbelief. Thank you, O oh God, that sometimes our view of you is clouded, but today you're opening up our eyes to see the ability of God, to see the power of God, to see the miraculous power of God, to see the innumerable company of angels that you have surrounded us with, to see the power and majesty of your blood, to rest in the peace of God, 
to experience the shalom of God. Help our unbelief, O oh God, today. Help our unbelief, O oh God. Where we have walked in lack, O oh God, cause us today. Help our unbelief that, Father, we may believe the provision of God. You who fed the Israelites in the desert, O oh God. You who fed the prophet, even Jeremiah, in the cutting place, in the brook cherith, miraculously. Help our unbelief today in the name of Jesus. And we want to declare a matter in this house that, Lord, you are raising men and women of faith. And that like Abraham, we will stagger not at unbelief. We will not give up on the promise of God. That it doesn't matter what is going on in our lives. Lord, it must change in the name of Jesus. It must change in the name of Jesus. That, Father, you are giving us a ravenous heart that will not give up at the slightest challenge. In the name of Jesus. Faith deals with giving up spirit. Lord, we kick out every desire, every inclination, every proclivity to give up. It is kicked out of this house in the name of Jesus. We are not them that give up. We are not them that give up somebody. We are not them that give up. You will not give up this year in the name of Jesus. God is refreshing your strength again. He is renewing your youth again. He is renewing your strength again. And you must now mount up on wings as eagles. You must now run and not grow weary. You must now walk and not faint in the name of Jesus. Lord, we lift up our hands by faith. We believe you, Jesus. We believe you, oh God. I believe you. Just tell God, I believe you. I trust you. I trust you, oh God. I might not understand what you're doing, but I trust you, oh God. I might not know what you're doing in my life right now, Father, but I trust you. I, it looks like it's the, end of, it's the end of the road for me, oh God. But I want to say today that I trust you. I want to ashamed the devil and say that I trust you. My household trusts you, O oh God. I trust you with everything that I got. I trust you, O oh God. I'll trust you at my workplace, Jesus. I'm trusting you with my career. Oh God, you know what is happening. I trust you with my business. It's been tough, but God, I trust you. In the name of Jesus. I might not know what tomorrow brings. But you, oh God, I know you. And it is you that I trust. Thank you because the, the violence of the fire has been quenched in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you today. Because you are raising men and women of faith. In this house, in the name of Jesus. Thank you because it shall be said of us that we quenched the violence of the fire. Thank you that it shall be said of us that we obtained the promise. Thank you because it shall be said of us, O oh God, that we received our death back to life in the name of Jesus. And therefore, Lord, we call every dead business to be received back to life. Every career that seems impossible, we call it to be received back to life. Resurrection power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I give you the praise. I give you the glory.